Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Bill. Hey, how's it going? And Ham. Yeah, I'm here. And there's no 40, unfortunately. He's been a bit under the weather with a flu this week, so I'm um, trying to keep the pod COVID-free. Uh, but best of luck to 40, and hopefully we'll get him back next week. Uh, all right, well, let's start off with the bad news. Uh, as we sort of prophesized, that right-edge defense of the Eels coming up against that left-hand uh, edge uh, attack of the Rabbitohs, things did not go well with them bagging two hat-tricks, one for Johnston, one for Gagai. Um, so let's go through Rabbitohs 38, Eels 20, try scorers Damien Cook with the simplest try off a scrum you will ever see. And then a hat-trick to Johnston and a hat-trick to Gagai. Uh, the Eels coming through with four tries, one to Gutho, one to Papali'i, one to Sibo, and Jacob Arthur with the nice chip and chase. Moses only two for four off the boot and Reynolds five from seven. Eels with two sing-bins, Isaiah Papali'i and Ryan Madison. For the team enjoying 53% possession, completing at 76% to our 72%, which is only 26 completed sets in a game. Not great. Uh, Rebels ran over the top of us for an extra 300 meters. They have an extra 100 post-contact meters. 12 line breaks to three. The Eels having more tackle breaks, 24 to 19. Average set distance, pretty similar. Uh, Rabideau's getting more kick returns. Average play the ball speed, 3.41 to Rabideau's, 3.72 to us. Offloads, Eels 13 to Rabideau's 9. Uh, dummy passes, 11 to 2. Kicks, uh, or despite having four less kicks, the Rabideau's outgained us by 100 metres. And kick defusal, Rabideau's not so good, 36% to 83. And then effective tackle, Eels at 91% to the Rabideau's 86%. That's probably because we just didn't make tackles down that that right edge. And ineffective tackles, 25 to Rabideau's, 11 to us. Errors, 11 to 10. Uh, Penalties, we incurred 6 to the Rabideau's, 3. One all ruck infringements, 2 to inside 10 metres for Rabideau's, 2 on reports for Rabideau's to 4 for us, and again, 2 sin bins. Um, so, taking out of that, uh, what we went in, we knew was an issue, uh, became pretty apparent that it was the issue, even though Wanga Blake jumped over to that other side. What did you boys think? Yeah, I th- you know, South Sydney were always going to go down their left edge. I think they've scored 60% of their tries down that edge, so... Um, Naturally, they're going to target Jake Arthur there. And um, despite Tom Opacic, who's a very good defender on the left, I think he was sort of caught in two minds there of, do I go in and help Jake or do I stay out, help Fergo? And you see that, you know, having... Well, Jake, you know, for his age, I'm not going to lambast Jake because he's only played... He didn't play basically last year and only played six games this year. So, or whatever, how many games in reserve grade. So, you know, it, it is what it is. All young halves are pretty poor defensively so that's what it is what um it is but you know having some like how do you as a center how do you defend like you've got three options on your minds at all times and it's before the um attack throws anything at you so yeah yeah um uh, look you know it's hard to say because like South Sydney's left left edge is probably like the best in the comp, right? And our right edge is probably like the worst defensive in the comp. Like it's just, and then you've got a you've got a guy who's third game in. You've got a center who's literally moved there for one game, and you've got a winger who can't defensively. He's got defensive bad reads. Like I don't, I just don't like. It's, it was just a recipe for disaster. And <clears throat> the one thing that was frustrating is like a training run, and so we could do we could do all the hard work, you know, up the middle, you know, make plenty of meters, but it just all come undone through one line break. And 
Like um, there was one set where they literally went from um, they went from they had literally a man overlap on both sides, and it's just poor. It's just poor defensive reading. You've got to you got to. I don't know. Look, I'm not at the game, so I can't hear them. Like, are they communicating with each other? Like, because one person's like all three of them are doing three different things. And hey, I can't I can't blast Arthur because you look at Wonga Blake and other halves who have been or you know other players who've been in the game for you know eight years, and they can't defend as well. So he's just you know he's only three games in his career. If this if he was a seven year vet, then you'd be a bit worried, but. Arthur gets a pass mark. He's got a lot of work on, but, geez, we had to do something again. You know, you'll see in the team list what we did, so, yeah. Yeah, well, there will be a return of Dillbags this week, so hopefully that uh, assists in shoring up that right edge, uh, especially given uh, Dillbags Dil pretty good defender, but also just have a bit more consistency on that right edge. So we'll, we'll find out come game day. Uh, we'll see if Opacic is still on the left or if he'll stay on the right, um, where Wang is going to play, and obviously Hayes Dunster will come into the team. Uh, a bit of a spoiler alert there. Um, but we, we knew coming into that game that making metres wasn't an issue. Uh, I thought we'll fine up the guts. Um, I just thought, you know, we returned to some of that football that we'd seen in years past where, you know, just pushing passes and and when uh, we're not all on song and we're just not able to execute, things fall apart and, you know, that edge defence was so flimsy at times. It It was pretty disgusting, especially that first try. Uh, that was scored straight off the scrum base, you know. Uh, no offence to Laney, you know, he came on and he was meant to be on the bench, but gosh, he was so poor pushing out from that scrum um, and just nobody took the man with the ball, uh, which was quite disgusting. Um, so, fortunately, we've still got half a season to get right. Unfortunately, that puts us to three losses now, so um, we really need to pick up the ball this coming up week, uh, this coming weekend. Um, anything else to add, guys? Um, oh, good heads-up play by uh, Jake Arthur, you know, talking about his defence. In attack, I think he's fine, you know. Um, that little chip, little dink kick that he put in for um, for Fergo initially, but it sat up for the King. You know, good heads-up footy, eyes-up footy, and then obviously the chip and chase for himself. Um, yeah, it's just sort of a game that sort of flew past, I think. It's just, you know, when um, Gutho dropped, dropped the ball from a bomb, Really happens, and it's the first set, and then they score in their second set. You know, it's just it's gonna. You knew it was gonna be a long night from there. Yeah, well, we all identified that right edge at the beginning, and um, even the change of centres didn't uh, assist. We kept Latour, you know, quite. Besides, you know, the um, you know the one of the tries he had a great pass, like a you know bat on pass. He was pretty quiet, like you know we. I feel that's we do well against fullbacks. Like you look at the when Trebovich when we versed Manly Trebovich, you know he did okay. He didn't kill us to you know rip us to shreds. So you know I think with Latrell coming back, you know one week before uh, the week sorry the game before Origin teams were announced, I thought he was going to have a big performance, which is why I put him in my fantasy team, and yeah, he didn't do much. So I'm happy with that. But um yeah, other than that, you know you said earlier the forwards matched it. That's the main thing. You know if our forwards are matching it or doing or laying the platform, we usually win the game. So it was actually good. And also Jared Sutton is a hometown ref. Seriously, name name a time name a time where hometown doesn't benefit from him. So yeah. Yeah, I don't think we can blame the refing on that. That was so soft. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not blaming the ref for lost, but it's as clear as day is if he's if you've got him in the game and you're and you're the way opposition, don't expect any favors. Don't expect any gimmies or whatever. You know, so it's just yeah, it's just me being a one a one eel fan. The thing with these, you know, decisions is like okay, they've been made. Okay. Probably he got Simbin for hands on the ball or laying in the tackle, professional foul. Yet it happened later on against South Sydney, and it's just same with Maddo going off for the head high, and we go back seventy meters 
for it. You know, Cody Walker puts on the same similar high tackle and he doesn't get sent. It's just it's the inconsistency of it all. It's I suppose it's always, there's always been inconsistency. It's just it's disappointing that you know despite more uh, interference from the bunker and more interruptions from the bunker, all incidents aren't being treated similar either. Still. Yeah, it was fr- definitely frustrating in respect for Cody Walker. It was the same hit, if not worse, than the Madison one. And, you know, one's in the bin, one's not. It's just... Uh, that's the trouble with NRL. It's always going to be consistency, and especially when you're going back three sets of six to get to pick up something like that. I just um, I don't you know, understand. Yeah. <laughs> How many other codes play advantage? And even the NRL plays advantage to a certain extent. But to go back 70 metres on a play... And go. Oh, hang on a second. That's actually a penalty. Like they've already they've already played their advantage. It's it's that's done. All right, go and sin bin him, whatever, because it's a high tackle. But then just go. All right, Parramatta can still play the ball. It's just that you won't have Matto for ten minutes. Like like they can say with Walker. Oh, we can't go back that far. Or it was like sort of like um, it didn't happen. Like the referee didn't pick up on it. Uh, Matto's was it Matto's one that she went back like a you know a whole set like if if you're gonna go that far back do it for everything else don't just pick and choose when you how far back you go you want to go back and punish you know like it's just it's just ridiculous just be fair be consistent if it's the same referee in the same bunker you should have consistency across the match you know so like yeah that's yeah, that's my rant oh. Yeah, but I think, what what are we in, week two, week three of the crackdown? We've got Origin coming up next Wednesday, so hopefully we've only got another weekend of this shit, and then the NRL will go back to what it was. Um, That's usually how these crackdowns work. We reckon they're going to go back, eh? Sweaty Pete won't allow it to go back. Yeah, I don't know about Sweaty Pete. I think it'll it'll go like it has. So um, it is what it is. Uh, but let's wrap up that there. Uh, other Eels games going down in the flag. Eighteen twenty four. Try scorers Clements Harding Yates. Uh, did you get out there and see this one, Ham? Yeah, I was out there for this one. Um, it was eighteen all. Uh, pretty much on the bell. Uh, Josh Chapel had the ball square under the post. I thought he was going to go for a field goal. Decided to go back on the inside of Tyron Harding, who also shaped for a field goal. Uh, decided to chip and chase for himself, and that's when um, I think it was a South Sydney fullback caught the ball and ran 80, 90 metres. So um, just some young fellas, you know, learning their way. It was, it was a good. I, I'm very impressed by Tyron Harding. Boy, I, I can see why the dogs had him in their top 30, but I can also see why he was released to us. He's very athletic, extremely cool, like one of the quickest players off the mark I've seen. You know, just lightning with the ball. But when he doesn't have the ball, not much happens. So I think the the young fella needs probably a bit of conditioning work, um, maybe just a bit of uh, positive, more positive attitude towards footy. All right. And then moving on to the, uh, what is it called? The knock-on effect New South Wales Cup. Eels 22 to the Rabbitohs 12. So shoring up the ship after that loss to um, Manly Reserves the week before. Try scorers Hayes Dunster, Michael Oldfield, Will Penasini and Hayes Perham. So most of the damage done in that first 10-minute period. And then they uh, got some more tries in the 60-minute period after it was almost... Was it levelled up? Oh, um, no. Rabbitohs got ahead no, 12-10. So yes. how did you find this one? Yeah, they were. Um... Just another solid performance from the Reggie's team. Um, I thought Hayes Dunster was man of the match. I, you know, I'm not saying that just because he's playing first grade this week. I just really liked the way that um, he was hitting the ball up on those early carries. It reminded me a lot of uh, sort of a mix between Blake Ferguson and Dave Gow, the way he uh, ran off off the hip and hit him behind the ruck. Um, made a lot of metres in behind there, a lot of post-contact metres. Uh, Will Penasini again had another really good game. I thought it was probably... Actually, for the, all the young ones, 
Sean Russell, Hayes Dunster, Will Penasini, um, Solomon and Naiduki all co- uh, coming back from injury there. I thought this was the best game. And um, you can see that, you know, having that 12 months off last year, they're sort of just getting back into their groove and slowly getting back into it. And I think um, they're all proving why they're up to this grade and uh, potentially even further honours. That's good to hear those juniors we've been hearing so much about stepping up to the plate. Uh, all right, well, let's. This is going to be a quick one because we don't have 40, but also we've done this a little bit late, and that's more my fault than anybody's. Uh, so, anyway, don't let's blame move, yourself, mate. Oh, it's, it's, it's on me. I was meant to do it Tuesday night, then Wednesday night. Now we're recording Thursday night. Don't peel. They don't need to know. <laughs> yes, we've peeled back the curtain. We've looked under the uh, kimono. Um, the fourth wall. <laughs> Yes. All right, well, let's move on to a bit of news. So, only really big news is Origin. Junior Paulo is back in the New South Wales Blues squad. And Reid Marnie, we, is he in? Is he out? Uh, who knows at this point? But he, he was selected in at least the 19-man squad. Um, so, we'll see whether or not he does make the team with that news about uh, uh, AJ Brimson being injured, potentially Reid going in at 14 or starting at 9. Who knows? Queensland mind games. Uh, but it seems Hope unlikely he that he's going to be able to... Yeah, I think it's unlikely we're going to get him for this weekend, though. Uh, good on him. He really deserves. He's really stepped up this year, and um, you know it's it's uh, progressed on from when he was a twenties Queenslander. So, um, and funny enough, it was him and Harry Grant in that twenties team too. And he was on the bench that time. Yeah, and he absolutely carved New South Wales up. So, uh, I'm not sure. I just I'm not a really huge fan of Origin anymore, but. I'll be cheering on uh, Reedy and Junior and hopefully that um, both coaches, despite their uh, some of their selection choices and some are past coaching, hopefully they you know, put both para boys on and um, both boys can get the win somehow. <laughs> I just want everybody to have fun. <laughs> can I bet on the horses to have fun? Um, all right, and then over to other bit of news. Brett Kenny inducted into the New South Wales Rugby League Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, always going to happen, but nice honour for the Kenny. How is it not already? Why does it take 2021? Yes, well, I think you could say that for, you know, immortal status for one uh, Peter Sterling, but uh, that's never going to happen. So, um, yeah. I think that wraps up the news. So let's move over to uh, the uh, upcoming round of football. So Saturday, the 5th of June, round 13 in the Jersey Flag Cup. Shit, it's round 13 already. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> apparently, I don't think it's happening at, this game. Yes, I was going to say 12 a.m. at Amy Park. Um, <laughs> it looks unlikely to be happening, but we're listed to play the Victoria Thunderbolts. Uh, so um, COVID is what it is. Yeah. yeah, correct. So, COVID being what it is, uh, I don't think uh, those players will get an exemption to play. Um, but we'll wait and see what actually happens there, whether they've just got to redo the game at some other point or whether the Thunderbolts have got out of um, lockdown prior to it occurring. Um, but, yeah, we just don't know where things are standing at at that point. Um, let's move on to a game that will be occurring because it's the curtain raiser to the 4 o'clock first grade game in the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup. The Eels in third position taking on the Knights in fifth position. Uh, so let's go through. We've got a couple of changes which are mostly forced. Um, so how do you see this team? They get uh, Jacob Arthur coming back at halfback and Hayes Perham slotting in at fullback. How's it been going at fullback? Um, we played 5 8 last week. I'm a bit unsure about uh, young Hayes Perham. He's just sort of. Yeah, uh, it's hard to describe because he hasn't been bad, but he had to me he hasn't really shown anything 
um, to suggest that he'll be a first grader or why he's sort of in our top 30. So Yeah, Knights coming into this in fifth spot. Eels in third position. Newcastle, five wins, five losses. The Eels coming in on six wins, four losses. Um, so, uh, yeah, it seems like a pretty close affair. Newcastle usually field a pretty good team in reserve grades. So, um, hopefully it'll be a good kick out for the boys. Is there anybody on that Newcastle team that... Uh, Strikes fear. Uh, Dominic Young, the big, um, tall English centre winger. I think he's about six foot six or something. So he's sort of the one to look out for, I think. Other than that, none of the names really um, stick out as junior superstars or season first graders. Yeah, they've got a fair few having to step up to first grade with all their injuries. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. But, again, we've got a couple of blokes uh, backing up there. So, Will Penasini at, at centre. Uh, Naiduki, how's Naiduki been going? He's a young favourite of mine. Uh, I think he's just come back from injury. I haven't spotted him for a little while. But, um, yeah, making a tough carry. He's still, uh, he's still getting used to the shapes thrown at him in um, New South Wales Cup here. And we're at Greg. Greg, how's the conditioning going? Uh, he looks blown up after the kickoff, so <laughs> I just I don't know what they were doing up in North Queensland. But um, he's lost some weight, and he's better than when he first started here. I think he just sort of it reminds me. Of, I think I said it before on the podcast. Just the way he plays and the way he carries himself is reminds me of uh, Nathan Hindmarsh. Just sort of bit of a belly, no bum, but just runs and just goes and just does whatever he possibly can for the team, which bodes well for the future. All right, well, hopefully we can chalk up another win and stick to that third position because I think one and two are pretty much runaways in that comp, much like in first grade, uh, the Panthers and the Storm are runaways. All right, well, let's move on to the next match, which is first grade. Newcastle in 11th, taking on the Eels in third, Sunday 6th of June at 4.05pm. So this is a shortened round, only four games on. Uh, this broadcast at, sorry, it's at McDonald Jones Stadium up at Newcastle on Channel 9, broadcast on Channel 9, KO folks, te- Foxtel and local radio. Um, so a lot of ins, a lot of outs for both teams, but let's start off with the uh, Newcastle team list. Tex Hoy at fullback. On the wing, Stafford Toa and Braden Musgrove. In the centres, Anari Tuala and Bradman Best. In the halves, Connor Watson and Phoenix Crosland. The forwards are Suaso Su and Jacob Saifidi. Jaden Braley as captain and hooker. Brody Jones at second row with Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Mitch Barnett at lock. Then the interchange bench, Kurt Mann, Josh King, Jack Johns, Simi Sasagi. And then the extended bench, Jake Clifford, who's still got his Cowboys jersey on in the uh, photos on NRL.com, Jiraiya Mamasia, and Matt Croker, and Gemat Shibasaki. For the Eels, we have uh, captain fullback Clint Gutherson. On the wings, Maker Sivo, and Hayes Dunster comes in for Fergo, who has been dropped. In the centres, Tom Opacic and Wanga Blake. And then the halves are Dillbags, Mitch Moses. Forwards, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Murata comes on to starting instead of Oggie, who I thought we we thought we might get. But um, then Reed Marnie at hooker is named uh, with... He might be playing Origin. So if he does remain in the team, then there'll be a force change, which we think Joey Lussick will come in and start at hooker. Or would you have Will Smith start at hooker and then bring Joey Lussick off the bench? No, I like Will Smith on the bench just because I know, you know, you probably want your better player on there, but I just think Will offers that a little bit more. Although, no, nah, Will starting, Will starting. 
Yeah. All right. Um, second row, Isaiah Papali, Ryan Madison, Nathan Brown at lock. And as I was saying, the interchange is Will Smith, then Sean Lane, Oregon Kafusi, Bryce Cartwright, extended bench, Joey Lusick, Makahesi Makatoa, Jacob Arthur, and Will Panasini, coach Brad Arthur. So, um, yeah, with that provision for Joey Lusick potentially coming on to start or on the bench, um, how do you see us running out? We, we've Newcastle have obviously got a lot of outs with injury, and you know their their halves pairings don't look all that crash hot. But they did enough to get over the line last week against yeah, a manly think, team that thrashed us. <laughs> um, I think we'll get into position to score in this game. I just think um, Hayes will want to have a big game. Um, hopefully, Sivo uh, takes on the extra brunt work in those early tackles to get us up front. I just think I, I really like our starting forward pack. I think um, Reg, Marata, Papa, Maddo, Brownie. I think that's big. It's strong. It's mobile. Um, so I just I think we'll get in the middle. I think it's it's up to our spine in this game to you know they don't really have to score heaps of points, but just suffocate Newcastle and just take advantage of the of uh, the field position that they're given. Bertie, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, I think we'll just overpower them. I just think, you know, our, our forward pack, are just, it's, you know, the top three in the, in the league. And I just feel as though um, we'll just, we're going to have, our hearts going to have plenty of, of room and time to run and, you know, do whatever they want. So <clears throat> I think we'll we'll just outmuscle them. And, you know, um, there's only so much you can get out of Newcastle players. You know, that half of them are reserves, half of them are, you know, um, Reggie players, so I think we'll just overpower them. And I'm, I'm thinking we're going to be targeting Tex Hoy because he's a smaller, smallish fullback, and you know um, I don't think he's as good under the high ball, you know, as Ponga. And so I think we'll be targeting him. You know, look for Guffo or look for Dylan Brown. You know, to chase um, after bombs. But yeah, just just as long as the um, the right side at least at least talk to each other. You know, show some signs of communications. You know, like if one one goes in, all of you go in. Like just. If I see some stability up there, like I'd love to win, I love a win to be honest. But if we're not talking results, like talking two points, if if the right side can defend well and you know keep it to one try, that's an improvement. And you know that's you know baby steps to the end of the end of the season, pretty much. And how do we see their starting forward pack? Um, although they've got a lot of injuries, you know, it's still uh, not too bad there to have Sue, who's played for the Bulldogs, and um, I can't remember who else he played for for a while. Jacob Saifidi. Yeah, Tigers, that's right. Jacob Saifidi, he's played plenty before. Brody Jones seems to be a sort of a hometown hero for Newcastle. Lachlan Fitzgibbon can score a try. Barnett's been in first grade forever. And Jaden Braley's not too bad at a hooker. Is, is that where we've really got to win down the middle? I think it's very uh, workmanlike. Their, especially their starting packs, it's very workmanlike. There's no real flashiness. I think that's you know exemplified by Mitch Barnett, just a player that just goes in there and gets it done. And you know if our forward pack doesn't turn up with the same attitude of going there and getting it done, that if you know if we turn up with that attitude, I think we've got the class and the size to just overpower them, outmuscle them, and yeah, and outskill them really. Well, when you when you look at them, like besides. And Fitzgibbon, a lot of them are you know bench players, so they usually come on when um a team you know the opposition's a bit tired. So like it's going to be interesting to see if they can match us uh, our intensity from from kickoff. So um you know if we come out you know guns blazing, I think you know they'll just, they'll just um they'll just capitulate and yeah I I I don't see I, I just look at them and think of the bench. He's like Suarez, so what's he going to bring? You know he's not going to bring much. You know and I might put the jinx on our team and they might come out and you know belt us, but. I'm confident in our team to handle them, you know. If it was any, if it was any other week, you know, I might be a bit worried, but with them missing Sofidi and Clemmer, I'm okay. 
And don't forget, it's the uh, Old Boys Day for Newcastle, and it's the 20-year anniversary of 2001. You reckon they're going to be up for it? Were any of them? Oh, no, they were pretty much all born by then, weren't they? I mean, like, Uh, every week we're versing a team that's always high on emotional, you know, getting up, so it was only a matter of time, like, we're going to have Old Boys Day. You know, Bozo against Manly, uh, Indigenous round against South, Old Boys Day for Newcastle. Hasn't come easy, but that's no excuse. Yeah. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but like historically, our team, whenever we verse an opposition that have got something to play for, they, like they get ins- they have inspiration, we just can't handle it. Like I just I don't know what it is. It's just like if, if it's always a milestone game for an opposition, we just don't match the intensity, and you know, and, and that's why, and that's why I get a bit frustrated. Like you know, you think last week Fergo would be proud of his Indigenous heritage and probably put in a good performance, but you no, know, he put in a bad performance. Like I just feel so. Yeah, we can't handle emotion, if that makes sense. And last year, you know, the, that defensive structure was a little bit better when you had... So if we are going to play Wunga Blake and and um, Hayes Dunster on that edge, that right edge, um, are you a bit more confident in that pairing as opposed to Ferguson? Because it seemed last week that Ferguson was the one that was calling the running in um, over Opacic. Maybe that's what might have been happening with, uh, with uh, Wunga Blake. I'm more um, confident with Dylan there. Because the center, whoever it is, whoever the center is, if it's Wanga Blake, if it's Tom Opportunity, if it's Will Penasini, I think you know you don't have to cover in for Dill for the most part, barring that one Jake Avarillo try. He reads the defense well. He's uh, quick enough to get to get on his uh, bike and chase a break down the play, and he's also good on his inside and outside shoulder. So um, I think the center and winger won't have to rush in as much as they would with Jake. Yeah, and like. And, uh- I know this. I know he got Dill Brown in trouble with the tackle on Hutchinson, but he does like cover. Like he does, you know, sp- he has the speed to like if a if, if a cutter ball comes across him, he also backs up. His scrambling defense is, is superb. So like that's sort of like a positive and negative, you know, with the whole Drew Hutchinson. But you know, like how many times do you see him always scrambling, and you know, even half the time when it's on the opposite other side of the field, he's always chasing the you know the break, you know, the, the break. So look, we could say like last week Wonga Blake had a positive game, but. South Sydney right edge is like you know abysmal. They don't have no attack, you know, down that side. So I'll give it another week. If he's on the left hand side, just we we've got to find out if Wonga can defend or not. So we figured out like Blake Ferguson's not going to be here next year. He can't defend. You know, maybe it's best he's not play. But we got to find out what we got with Wonga because we have got two more years, I believe, of his contract. So and I'm not saying just keep him for the sake of the contract, but try him with another combination. Try him with you know Hayes. Try him with you know. Oldfield next week. Try with someone. We're going to figure out whether or not Wong is in our plans going forward. And yeah, what what better way than you know this this game before the bye? All right. Well, let's get on to some predictions. So I'll start with you, Bertie. Yeah, I think we're going to win. Uh, I'm going to say eighteen ten. You know, usually I'll say thirty six four, whatever. But I just want us to win, and I think it'll be a greedy competition. It'll probably be there for like the first sixty minutes. We'll kick clear. But um, yeah, eighteen ten. First try scorer. I'm going to go Hayes Dunster. He didn't have a good game round one or his first game last year, like, you know, in the semifinals. I think he's going to have a, a perler, you know, high meters. Um, we're going to make his tackles and he's going to score a try. And I think um, Gufferson's going to have a big game. You know, Guffo was snubbed for the origin. Whether or not he deserved it, you know, he's the inc- you know, incumbent um, center. So I think he's going to show um, the selectors, prove them wrong. You know, he should be in the team and yeah, he's going to have a big game. He always, does a, he always has a big game. So, yeah. Ham, do you want to give a prediction for 40 followed by your own? Um, for 40, knowing 40 in his flu-like state, I think he's a bit delirious. He's taken a few too many um, pseudoephedrine, so he'll be really riled up. I think he'd go the 50 burger. I think he'd say 54. 
to the Knights 10 with with Micah Sivo scoring first and scoring a hat-trick. That's what Forty's saying, right? But what I'm saying <laughs> is uh, I reckon we'll win 32-4. to four. Um, If Reid is playing for us and not playing for Queensland, I'd say first try scorer Marada near Corey. If Reedy isn't playing, I'm going to say first try scorer Ryan Madison. Can I do that? Sure. Cool. <laughs> That's my predictions then. <laughs> All right. Well, for me, I'm going to get us winning 24-18, and I'll have the Dunster for the first try scorer. Hey, who um, needs Munster when you got the Dunster? Correct. <laughs> oh, that's, good. that's a good one. All right. Well, I think that might be a, a nice, short, sweet episode for this week. And again, apologies for getting this out to you late. Um, we've all been a bit chockers this week, so um, we'll catch we've you all on next our, podcast. Uh, dating profiles, matching, and swiping, and messaging, and everything. Whatever you say. <laughs> All right. Oh. Cheers, boys. I'll catch you on the next Power <laughs> Podcast. Thanks, guys. Go Eels. Catch us later. Oh. Thank you.